Support for INS Podcasts comes from BD, helping all people live healthy lives. Visit them at www.bd.com. Hi, welcome to another podcast for the Infusion Nurses Society. This is Michelle. I am pleased to speak today with um, the Director of Content for the Sepsis Alliance. Um, The Sepsis Alliance is very interesting. I had been doing some research for an article and uh, really did not even know or have heard of the Sepsis Alliance. And as I was doing the research, they came up on my Google search, and an extremely fascinating story, a fascinating group, and they have so much information to offer not only um, in, uh, nurses and the medical field, but their their main thing is to get the information out to patients. To they're, they're a patient advocacy organization, um, and just have some really really great great information. Uh, I'd like to introduce you to Marika Verman Derning. She is the nurse um, for and and director of content on the Sepsis Alliance website. Um, Thank you so much for joining us today, and please tell me a bit about your organization, first about yourself and, and how you came to be with the Sepsis Alliance. Well, thank you for inviting me and for focusing on Sepsis Alliance. Um, it's a big part of, of who I am professionally at this point um, with all the work that I do with them. Uh, I, I am a nurse. I'm in Montreal, Canada, although Sepsis Alliance is an American uh, patient mm-hmm. ad- advocacy organization. And um, a little over six years ago, they were looking for someone who would do content on their website, and I happened upon their their ad looking for somebody, and it, it just seemed to be a perfect fit. I'd been working clinically for many, many years in various areas in, in nursing, uh, clinically supervising and also as an instructor. Mm. Uh, so it was, it was really a good fit. I was working as a freelance health writer. Uh, I knew what they were talking about. And so my role actually grew a little bit from the time I started. I was originally hired for just content. And then because of my nursing background and the knowledge that I have, it grew to, uh, I answer emails from, from people who are, are living with the after effects of sepsis and, and things like that. So um, it, it really is a, a very important role in that not only am I educating people like I do as a, as a nurse when we're doing patient mm-hmm. teaching, but I'm also fulfilling my own um, dream of being a writer and, and, and things like that, and I'm helping people learn that way. Excellent. If yeah, that makes any sense. It does. It really does. Some of us are, are very interested in writing, so that might be another podcast we could do with you as how to get as a nurse, how to get into that part of it. But back to the sepsis mm-hmm. stuff. So, tell me a little bit about um, the Sepsis Alliance. What, how it came to be, why it exists. Um, well, several years ago, uh, Carl Flatley, who's a retired endodontist. He lost his 23-year-old daughter, Erin, to sepsis. She had gone into the hospital for a very simple elective surgery, and five days later, she had died. Um, As an endodontist and and as a dentist, you know, you see infections, right? Mm -hmm, I mean, that, mm -hmm. that, that happens. But he didn't know about sepsis, and he thought, you know, if he's in the, in the medical field or the dental field and with medical offshoots, um, and he didn't know what sepsis was and he didn't know how fatal it could be, then what chance does a member of the general public have mm-hmm. to understand what sepsis is? And uh, so he made it his mission that uh, a, another parent 
would not lose a child to sepsis. Now, unfortunately, it's taking a lot of work and a lot of uh, resources to get the message out there, but uh, building the website and, and doing the outreach that Carl does and the work that we do, we have raised awareness of sepsis. It's still less than 50% according to our, our most recent surveys, but it's better than when he started. So like 50% of the people out there don't even know what sepsis is. When we do our annual surveys, we ask, have you ever heard the word sepsis? Mm-hmm. And most of them will say no. I think it was, I, I don't have the number right in front of me, but sure. it was 47% who said wow. that they did know. They had heard the word, but interestingly, many of those who've heard the word don't know what it is. Don't know what it is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, go ahead, please. Well, it's frustrating because uh, I went to a conference a few years ago because as a healthcare writer, I, I, I go to healthcare writing conferences, and I was speaking to the PR department of a major facility in the States, and I took advantage of that, and I said to them, how come in your press releases and in your stories you never mention the word sepsis? And the woman said to me, we're not allowed. Mm. If we use the word sepsis, we have to explain it, and that takes up words. Oh, my gosh. So it's that whole vicious cycle. You don't use the word sepsis, so people don't know what it is when they do hear it. Yep. And it's a scary thing if you you don't know what it is, and all of a sudden they're coming up to you and saying a family member has sepsis. Exactly. And then, of course, the doctors and the nurses, they, they start getting asked all these questions, and, you know, they're torn. They want to educate you, but they have to get back to the patient. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, unfortunately, or fortunately, sepsis really came into the limelight again about not quite a month ago when Patty Duke passed. Um, right. And, and whenever a celebrity seems to be named with this stuff, it, it really does come to light again. Um, it comes to light, but the problem is most of the time uh, the media lists it as complications of, so it'll be complications of pneumonia, complications of some sort of infection. And what was particularly interesting in Patty Duke's case is that the press release said sepsis, but some media outlets changed it to infection. And see, I saw that too, and I'm like, well, come on, don't confuse us, because I think for a very long time, sepsis has been thought of as just an infection, when it's actually Mm -hmm. the body's overall response to an infection, Correct? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, I think that maybe we could even explain a little bit about that. I know that's not really talking about your Alliance site, but just to kind of an overview of sepsis, if you could, quickly. Well, what we like to, how we like to explain it and how um, Jim O'Brien, who is our medical director and uh, a wonderful, wonderful communicator, really great at explaining things, he explains it as friendly fire. So you have an infection and your body's trying to fight it, and usually it can, often with help of antibiotics or antivirals or whatever. But once in a while, um, your body just turns on itself, and what's supposed to be helping fight the infection actually ends up fighting your body. Right. And then you end up with with all the issues of the blood clots inside and, you know, organ damage and things like that. And uh, that's really the best way to explain it. It's a toxic response to an infection. That, yeah, perfectly, perfectly friendly fire. Okay. So mm-hmm. the Sepsis Alliance then came about um, as a result of Carl's daughter dying from sepsis. And, and how has it progressed over the year? How the years? How has it made itself known? What, it, what are you doing to promote the Sepsis Alliance and sepsis awareness for people? Well, our, our major form of communication is our website. 
And mm-hmm. I, you know, we get put like like you found us through a Google search. Yeah. Uh, we're also try we're also out there in the community. A lot of people are running awareness events and fundraising events that we help them with. Uh, you know, there there are there's step on sepsis, which is a walk. There's sips for sepsis, which are like wine tasting type oh. things. And it's all they're <laughs> gatherings to help educate people about aware awareness of sepsis. We have pamphlets. We have uh, lots of we have bracelets. We have different things that we can send out to people. Um, we often will have a survivor or, not, or, or the, the relative of the survivor saying they want to raise awareness and they'll bring pamphlets to their church or their social clubs, mm-hmm. things like that. We also have an extremely active Facebook page. Yes, and, I have noticed uh, that, a, very active. Yes, a lot of conversations go on there. And a few years ago, we started a section on the site called Faces of Sepsis. Mm-hmm. And we invited people to send in their stories. Either We call them either survivor stories or tributes. And we didn't know at the time how overwhelmingly received this section would be. Mm-hmm. We're up almost at 500 stories now. Wow. And what was particularly telling about that process was I, we would get the emails and, and I would answer them. And many of the people who wrote were very angry or very frustrated because they thought they were the only ones in the world who were ever experiencing what they experienced. Oh, my the fact that they found us, the fact that somebody was listening to their story mm-hmm. was so powerful. I remember one letter in particular. This woman was so angry. The letter was really hard to read. It was quite long, and she was just viciously, viciously angry at the mm-hmm. system, at the world around her. And I wrote back to her, and I said, I don't know what I can say. I'm really, really sorry you went through this. And she wrote back and apologized to oh. me for the tone of her. And she said, you are the first person who acknowledged what I went through. Oh, that's fabulous. And because of the website, she was able to connect. Yeah. 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 So, so we reach out in those different ways, awesome. and uh, we invite people to, uh, to ask us. We have DVDs. Uh, we have a couple of different um, films, short films. One mm-hmm. is called Sepsis Emergency, which describes what sepsis is and the effect that it has. We also have another short film called um, Faces of Sepsis, which features three of the people who are in our, our story bank. And um, anybody's welcome to share those and, and you know, pass out on that sort of thing. We also, went, we also go to the NTI conference, the, mm-hmm. uh, the Association of Critical Care Nurses. We have a booth there. And the first time I went, and we went there not teach nurses what sepsis is, you know, critical care nurses know what sepsis is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We wanted them to be aware of us. And what I would say to the nurses was, you're busy saving your patient. You're busy treating your patient. However, there's all these other, there's all these aspects of sepsis that your patient's relatives don't know. You don't have the time to talk to them. We do. Yeah. So send them Excellent. to us, send them to our website, and we can answer their questions and you can do what you need to do. And I think that's why I really wanted to make sure that our infusion nurses understand that as well. Many of our infusion nurses are also critical care nurses, or they'll see these patients in the ER or wherever. And I think, too, that they need to know. They don't have to know everything, but they can know where to send people, where to find that information. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There it it a, makes a big difference. It does. Sorry. I mean, and, and you know, if you, you don't have to know everything, but you know where to send people, it gives you such a feeling of completeness. I mean, seriously, you you feel like I can actually help, even though I can, I don't know it all. You know. 
Exactly. That sounds strange, but um, I have mm-hmm. to say what really drew me to was that you do have a little part on your website for medical professionals and um, for nurses, the nurses' notes, and um, the nurses' no sepsis. I think that is just the coolest thing. And can you explain some of that to me, what that's all about? That's a part of the site that we're really trying to build out. Uh, unfortunately, limited resources and time. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's on my to-do list. <laughs> it keeps yeah, yeah. Down, unfortunately. Um, but it really is an area I would like to build up much more. But it, the reason we, we brought that out was because we knew that we started hearing that nurses were referring patients to our site. Mm-hmm. And so we said, okay, so we need something to bring the nurses to us so they can learn more about us and come to us themselves as a resource. And then they would be willing, they would, in, in that way, spread the word themselves. So that's why I started finding uh, CME programs for sepsis, articles about sepsis, um, anything that might help them along the way as well. And what I find myself as a nurse is going to a patient advocacy site is often helpful because we can give you the terms and the the reasoning that we may not think of from a nursing point of view, mm-hmm. but if we read it from a consumer point of view, it's like, oh, okay, that's a better way to explain it than the way I've been explaining it. Exactly, exactly. Um, I also noticed, too, that you have, um, let's see, nominations. It's probably going on right now for... For Sepsis um, Heroes? Yes, for Sepsis Heroes. Can you tell us a little about that? Uh, every um, September, this will be our fifth year. Our uh, fifth year, we're having a celebration of Sepsis Heroes, and uh, it's on September fifteenth, I believe, is the date this year. Um, and this is to honor people who have made a difference in sepsis awareness, education, research, anything like that. And uh, the purpose behind that was really to highlight that there are so many people out there who are making a difference in sepsis awareness. And we, we want to say thank you. We want to tell them that their, their efforts are appreciated. Uh, and uh, it's just a, a really nice way to, to draw attention to the fact that there are so many people out there in many, many different ways. So we have people who are either sepsis advocates. They could be somebody a member of the general public who's raising awareness or raising funds. We often will have a survivor who's making a difference. Uh, we've recognized organization facilities and organizations, uh, hospital facilities that have done uh, made great strides in raising sepsis awareness and in dropping sepsis numbers. Uh, one year we honored every mother counts because maternal health is a big issue when it mm-hmm. comes to sepsis. So we really try to run the full gamut of people and organizations that could be honored. Okay. So if our nurses, um, infusion nurses that are out there, there's a lot of them that deal with the infections and infection prevention, and I'm sure the sepsis portion of it as well. If they know somebody that they work with or whatever, how, can they go and nominate them? Yes. The nominations are open until the end of April. Okay. Uh, but this happens every year. So if they miss this year, there's okay. always next okay. year. <laughs> okay. And do they just go to the website then? They go to the website, they go to sepsisheroes.org, and then there's a nomination form. And the event is in New York City every year, and anybody is welcome. The tickets are, uh, we, we, I'm not sure when they're going to go on sale this year, but they go on sale a few months before the event. And uh, it's, it's a really fun evening. It's, it's nice. 
for all you nurses out there that are listening today, um, this is such a really great, valuable resource, not only for yourselves, but for your patients, their families, anyone that needs to know a little bit more about sepsis. I don't think we've by any means heard the last of it. Um, I believe in just the last couple of days, there's been a new initiative with the pediatric focus, correct? Um, yes, we've started a new campaign, and it's called Aaron's Campaign for Kids. It's, mm-hmm. initiative to co- it's an initiative to combat the high incidence and mortality rate of sepsis among children. What a lot of people don't know is um, sepsis actually kills more children than pediatric cancers do. Oh, my. No, I didn't so, know that. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and, well, that's the thing. Like, you know, it goes back to the beginning of our conversation. People don't know enough about sepsis, and they don't mm-hmm. realize the significant impact it has. But if you think about every time you hear about a child who's died of meningitis or any other type of infection, it's sepsis that they've died of. Right, right, because so, sepsis just knocks everything else out. Yep. Exactly. So we've started this initiative, and, it's again, it's all part of, of Dr. Flatley's campaign to make sure that no parent has to live through something like what he lived through. Mm-hmm. And um, we're hoping that it, it really will make a difference as well. And a, a big part of awareness, because if you look at our Faces of Sepsis video or film, uh, one of the stories is uh, a little boy who was only a few weeks old when he had sepsis. Mm-hmm. I did and actually watch that. Yes, mm-hmm. I did actually watch that. And I was <laughs> telling a couple of my friends about it over coffee one day, and we were all three in tears. It was just mm-hmm. such a touching um, thing to see, and the fact that he survived and is doing so well is is fabulous. So, yeah, very mm-hmm. interesting. Highly recommend people look at that. Um, because of the post-sepsis syndrome, too, I don't think many people are aware that exists. Well, and that's the other thing that I would bring up to the nurses when I was at the NTI conference as well, is that when you are, especially in critical care, you're caring for a patient who's had a stroke or who has had an MI, you can tell them what to expect later mm-hmm. on. But many people, including nurses, don't realize that there are, there's a post-sepsis syndrome. There are many things that people with sepsis will suffer from, not all of them. But many live with uh, chronic fatigue, chronic pain. Then, of course, there's the obvious ones like the amputations and the mm-hmm. ones who have organ failure. Uh, but nurses, if they don't know about these post-sepsis issues, they can't talk to their patients and their families about them. Exactly. And we can learn more of that by visiting the Sepsis Alliance website. That's right. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, one of the main things I was struck by um, over the last couple of months, Patty Duke's husband was quoted as saying, the main danger of sepsis results from a lack of knowledge about it. He said mm-hmm. he had never, ever heard of it and was just so stunned that something he had mm-hmm. never heard of could take his precious wife. Just yeah. amazing to hear. Yeah. And that's one thing when I'm doing, because we're also on Twitter and on LinkedIn and, and we, out in social media, and some people will say things like, you know, we need to be raising money for research, we need to be raising money for this and that and the other thing. And I often say to them, the problem is if people haven't heard the word, they can't push for these things. Mm-hmm which is why we have to do these awareness campaigns. We have to get the word out there. And so people can get mad and start demanding that things be done about this. Yeah. Because if they don't know it exists, they can't fight for it. And they also can't advocate for themselves. If they're not feeling well, if they suspect they may have sepsis, if they don't know the word, they can't go into the emergency room or into the clinic and say, I think I may have sepsis. Or they may not put two and two together. They may not put the two, you know, they, they cut their finger gardening on Monday, they're feeling really, really sick on Wednesday, they may not put the two together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but they may very well have an infection from that cut that they got on Monday and not know it. Granted, maybe they don't. Maybe they have the flu. Maybe it's a total coincidence. But if they know about sepsis, then they can say, I have that cut. It looks like it's infected. Now I feel really sick. I'm going to get checked. That's a great, great a message to give people is that it can be something as minor as a little cut. It doesn't have to be a, a great big huge illness or a surgery or being in the intensive care. Anybody, exactly. anywhere, anytime, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, for our nurses out there, Go look at the sepsis awareness site, the Sepsis Alliance. It's really very fascinating. There is a, a section there for nurses. As you said, you're, you are constantly working with that kind of stuff. There is um, flyers, things like that you can print out, request information. It's just a, a lot of great information out there for us. And um, I, I can't thank you enough for uh, joining us today and talking about sepsis. And hopefully we get more people to visit your site and, and raise that awareness even further. Well, thank you so much. You know, everybody's invited to come check us out. We're at sepsis.org. And uh, they also, if you look on Facebook for Sepsis Alliance, you can find us there. And may, I, I would love it if some nurses joined in on the conversations. I think that would just be wonderful. Excellent. I've been following you on Facebook, and I'm just very impressed with the activity and the knowledge that's out there. So it's, it's very fascinating. I'll encourage all my buddies to, to take a look at it and join up. So, Marika, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day, thank and you. we will talk with you again. All right. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.